Hey, everyone. I'm so excited to share our podcast has been nominated in Boise Weekly's annual Best of Boise contest. And while it's an honor to be nominated, I have to admit it would be even more fun to win. If we've helped you connect to the city you love, go to the link in the show notes to vote for us by May 23rd. Thanks, Boise. Today on CityCast Boise, we luckily don't have a ton of natural disasters in the Treasure Valley, but with climate change and an ever-extending wildfire season, it's best to be prepared. Blake Hunter is here with a helpful guide to disaster preparedness, and they tell me the most important item in your go bag might be less tangible than you think. It's Thursday, July 27th. I'm Emma Arnold, and this is what Boise's talking about. Hi, Blake. Hey, Emma. How's it going? It's going pretty good. I mean, we have some things on our mind, right? Like uh, wildfires and the heat. uh, And that's why I think this episode is perfectly and it's perfect and timely. Um, So let's just start with like, why should people be thinking about emergency preparedness right now? Yeah. Well, like you said, I mean, it's the heat, the heat of summer just really you can kind of feel it palpably get more and more intense every year, or at least it feels like it. Even if I, even if Boise summers, you know, aren't hotter than the last one, we're seeing all of this climate data from all around the world that's showing how things are heating up, how you know wildfire smoke is getting worse, um, and all sorts of these other like global climate issues um, are just getting worse and worse every year. And so that's kind of where we're coming at this conversation from of like this emergency preparedness thing. Um, we're going to talk a little about about go bags, but also just kind of like what we can do as a community more. But you know, in Idaho, we're pretty lucky. Like we have we have some earthquakes, you know. Um, an occasional tornado touches down, but very rarely. Our biggest thing really is um, climate change uh, induced anyway is wildfires. Um, You know, I think a lot of people think about, you know, the actual fire and the land that like gets devastated by those fires, but the actual human impact or one of the bigger human impacts of that is the smoke. Um, And so smoke inhalation is a big climate change issue that we're dealing with here in Idaho. So yeah, there are lots of reasons to be thinking about emergency preparedness, um, even though it's sometimes not the f- most fun conversation to be having. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point because, you know, I loved your amazing what to pack in your go bag segment the other day in the Hoy- Hey Boise newsletter, but I was, uh, you know, clicking around in some of the links that you yeah. you put in. I was like, wait, 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 wait. It's not very fun to find out that Idaho ranks fifth highest in the nation for earthquake risk. I was like, wait, 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 new fear unlocked. Uh, Not really crazy about that. But I did think, yeah, it's not a fun conversation to have, but pretty necessary uh, with, you know, we've got flash flooding risk here as Mm -hmm. well and some pretty big stuff. So just to start out, what is your experience like with, you know, emergency preparedness? Do you have a background in this at all? So I, I really don't. My I'm kind of coming at it from a new place. So I grew up very rural in Idaho. So I was kind of latently aware of like preppers and that kind of culture. Um, the I feel like this is a very Idaho story. The first time that I really saw people who were like real preppers was like in northern Idaho. Um, and it was like 
I was with some family and their neighbors had like just moved in from California and made like a bomb shelter and everything. Like oh. that was, that was very much the vibe. <laughs> yeah. And so I at least am kind of coming at this from a different perspective where I have, um, I mean, I think of like emergency preparedness through like kind of a lens of like science fiction a little bit um, where, you know, obviously there's like a lot of apocalyptic stuff in science fiction and, but that that's kind of where we're getting to is just that we really need to start start thinking of it in that way. So I wasn't really raised around this a lot. So I feel like I'm kind of coming at this from like a kind of fresh place, if a little a little bit of a novice place. But what about you? Well, it's interesting because I was raised around a lot of preppers, you know, prepper types, we'll call it like, you know, compound folks um, yeah. who had uh, pretty big, trip, you know, pieces of land with, you know, and they were very into canning and raising their own food. Although I kind of think of like, there's a line between what I consider like homesteaders, I suppose, yeah, and like preppers. I so I, maybe I was actually more raised around like homesteader types. Um, and preppers, I consider more to be someone, like you said, who m maybe moves from a bigger urban area with this sort of what I consider to be almost like a fantasy totally. of the world ending, like um, kind of like this idea that like they're going to get to live out this fantasy version of, uh, you know, individualism and not needing anyone and having everything in their own basement that they'd ever need. But I was definitely raised to be very prepared. Um, that, uh, I, I say that my family is very prepared. Uh, my husband, Alex, says anxious. He calls us <laughs> the most anxious people on and earth. And sometimes they go hand in hand. Yeah. And sometimes they do. Yeah. So I'm always very prepared. Like, have a go bag. Have everything you'd ever need for an emergency in my car at all times. Like, so, so that's my background is I have anxiety. Um, I was raised around homesteaders and I have severe anxiety. Yeah, so yeah, yeah that's yeah. my, that's, that's for me where I'm at. How is emergency preparedness and disaster prep? Uh, I imagine in an urban area, it's pretty different from what a lot of us, you and I anyway, grew up learning about. Yeah, that's kind of one of the ways that I think about it that you just outlined there is like, yeah, there's a difference between this fantasy of individualism that people are trying mm -hmm. to live out you know it's we're in the american west and all of this stuff and it's like i i, I don't know I, I think that we need to be really careful as far as like a strategy for moving forward we need to make sure that our emerg emergency preparedness is is coming from a place of our community surviving rather than being like everyone else is stupid because they're not as prepared as I am. And so it's kind of this competition to um, survive better than anyone else kind of thing. Um, and yeah, there is a lot of like anxiety and paranoia that can kind of come with that. But I think of it really as trying to get in right relationship with that just because of like, we're looking at what's happening in the world. So we know what's possible. I, I, I have problems with like endor endorsing like the approach of like Murphy's law of like anything that can go wrong will go wrong but like things are going to change and they are going to get worse so we need to figure out how to yeah how to how to navigate that and also I think about it too like for example I don't have a go bag um even though I wrote this article about it but I am <laughs> really thinking about it now just because you know it's something that I've wanted to do for a while I have a lot of climate anxiety um, mm -hmm. as a Gen Z person. Um, and so I'm thinking that maybe, you know, having some sort of preparedness, starting to put some plans in place uh, feels like also a good way to deal with that anxiety rather than, you know, bolstering it as well as kind of being like, OK, I, I have a community and I have my own stuff ready. So I feel a little bit more secure in that. So that's kind of how I think of that distinction, if that makes sense. I love that. I think that's a really smart way to go about that. Um, and 
you know, a, a not self-centered way, like you said, but and also not like a totally fear-based, culty, you know, anxiety-based way. Right. So what what should go into a disaster prep for a newbie? Yeah, so I wrote this article and I'll, I'll kind of base this off of there, but the way that I think about it, the way that I kind of break it up is like, you've got your basic needs as far as like, your body, like what your body needs. And then you've also got um, just kind of some logistics stuff. So um, food and water, like the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare um, has a page that they recommend having food and one gallon of water uh, ready for per person per day. So if you have, you know, a family of three or, you know, there's like three people that live in your apartment, which is my situation, like I live in an apartment, so I have to kind of navigate this a bit differently than maybe a homeowner would. so having food and one gallon of water per person per day. So if you want to kind of try to plan on like maybe being ready for three days, up that to five days or whatever. Um, and then also like figuring out a good reliable water source is a big one. So a good way to do that is with water purific- purification tablets or systems. Um, and those are pretty cheap. Like there's life straws and different things like that that you can, um, you know, I think a lot of people in Idaho probably have those for backpacking. Um, and actually this is kind of very similar to this is like packing for a backpacking trip, like kind of start thinking about it that way. Um, Also make sure to have any medications um, that you or anyone that you're gonna be with uh, might need. Um, And those are, yeah, a lot of the big things, obviously food and water are most important. And then shelter uh, is a little bit getting into the logistics, but you know, obviously a tent will do, but the bigger thing to keep in mind is to kind of have a plan of where to go. So if, you know, a wildfire is coming in Boise, maybe that might not be happening quite as much unless you're like right in the foothills. Um, but know, know that a place that you can go to. Um, and on the logistics things, like you gotta have a map, you gotta have some sort of portable radio, flashlights, um, toiletries, cash, just in case like electricity goes out. Um, and, and this is a big problem for me as a Gen Z is having phone numbers memorized or oh and or gosh. addresses memorized because, <laughs> oh boy. Um, and then also just like kind of basic smart things in general, just like keeping your car at above like half full on gas uh, and that kind of thing. So there's a lot of different things. There's like Red Cross, Sierra Club, and a bunch of other people um, have various lists that are really helpful with that. But that's kind of, those are some of the basics. A map is something I don't have, and I didn't even I didn't even think about it. Didn't even occur to me. But a map is a really good one. A road atlas, I would say. Um, I, I my whole life had a road atlas all the time I in know, my car, yeah. and then in the last five years, of course, you've gotten completely out of it. Phone numbers, uh, I do not have like two phone numbers memorized. So that is a really good one. I would add to that um, these days, COVID or smoke and N95, just keeping N95 masks in your car or, you know, keeping one in your purse. Like the wildfire smoke can pick up pretty quick sometimes. Like, you know, even, even this week we saw a big system kind of roll in rather quick in the afternoon and it got pretty smoky pretty fast. So uh, I, I think that's a, that's a really good list. I also keep, uh, in my car, always two sleeping bags. Always have two sleeping bags, um, and they're just cheap 
crappy thrift store ones. In fact, occasionally when I'm like somewhere and some I've seen someone downtown who needed one, I can just, that way they were five bucks at a yard sale. I can just give it away. Um, but I always have a sleeping bag in there and also a small shovel. A small shovel in your car will save your life so, so often, time and again. It's a really, really good thing. And a first aid kit comes along. You, like, you should probably have a small first aid kit and some some Tylenol and those kind of things. That is, that's a good good list of, of things. But what about like a logistics and a plan? So you have all your stuff, but what about the logistics of that? Yeah, so this is where we kind of get into a bit more of like the community aspect of things where you have to think about, um, so electricity goes out. What's the plan? Maybe you have, you know, there's like a go bag and then the stay at home bin, which I kind of like is like a, a differentiation between the two. So maybe you have like a stay bin as well for, you know, if the electricity goes out, you don't necessarily need to like flee your home um, because of there's no like imminent threat in that way. But there's ways to stay. But yeah, just kind of think through a lot of the big issues that we have here. So that includes um again, like wildfires and things like that. So kind of coming up with a plan of knowing who you can go to and who you can trust um, for space to be able to share space with. Um, And that is where we get into conversations. Like you have to be kind of just be be mindful, but like have have these conversations with people where you know that there's a place that you can go to. Uh, And also you should probably plan on like not having access to your car for whatever reason. Like you just, you never know uh, what can happen. So maybe you need to make sure that you know a place that you can walk to, or if not everyone in your group can walk really well, like we, you know, you gotta kind of navigate that. So um, yeah, the ways that I like to think about it is just kind of like, you never know who you're going to be in a situation with just as much as you don't know what you're going to be dealing with. So, you know, you might have some neighbors that you really don't like, but you know, if you have to stay like, we all learned about this a little bit with COVID even, you know, um, during like really like tighter lockdown stuff was that, you know, we have to be around other people uh, to some extent, even if we're not like talking to them. So try to figure out, even if you don't like someone, you know, you don't have to like someone to be able to trust them. Like we've all, we've all played high school sports. So, you know, <laughs> we can all kind of navigate that situation. But. Um, I love that you assume that about me. Uh, <laughs> well, okay. Well, <laughs> we've all been in four choirs is what you, uh, is my applicable. Okay. okay perfect. <laughs> um, but I do love the idea of a go bag and a stay bin. Like you said, something I've been thinking about a lot over in West Boise here is um, water because people's wells are going out here. Um, people have very deep wells over here, but you know, there's just so many houses. And I know several people in West Boise who their wells have gone out in the last you know year. And yeah, I mean, if you're not on, if you're on city water and that breaks or there's an issue with it, or if you're on a well and, and, you know, we're, we're experiencing so much dry situations lately, having, having enough water, like you said, for your household for at least a week is really, really smart, really, really a good thing to have. Well, I love what you're saying too about community stuff. So how should we be thinking about emergency preparedness as a community? A little, a little plug again for like the science fiction side of things. That's really where I come from at this conversation a little bit. But um, I think that we, as much as we need to like have a go bag ready, we need to practice thinking about this. We need to practice talking about this with people um, as well as kind of like getting your first aid kit together. Um, Cause that will also make you more confident in emergency situations um, and kind of be able to trust yourself. So again, I think 
it's funny because we're talking about the same things in a lot of ways as like the prepping side of things as like kind of the cultier stuff but we need to come at it from a different point of view like you said earlier with the individualism like that's just not how we should tr be trying to navigate this especially like i know for me uh, I don't see any point in the future where I'm going to be able to like, if something goes down, I can go to the airport and have like a private jet ready to go for me kind of thing. Like that's just not in the cards for me or really anyone that I know. And so just kind of be real and be practicing thinking about this and like how, you know, kind of assign people different tasks in your mind and have conversations with them of like, this is a person I can go to for this. This is a person I can go to for this. Um, if there are different healers in different like arenas of your life, those people are going to be really important. Um, and yeah, I, I try to think about it as like same thing is just normal. Like we have a division of labor uh, for whatever we need. But yeah. I think that's so, so smart and so important because what I've seen, you know, growing up in Idaho and living most of my life here, um, a lot of times people, especially new transplants, have these sort of, like we were saying, these fantasies of this rugged individualism where like the world ends, but that's okay because you have everything you need. And the reality is having, you know, lived as a homesteader, having lived very rural, uh, that is not how these things work. You need your community. You are not going to survive uh, in a basement with your beans um, for 50 years. Like you're going to need- Get that on need... a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and really the best thing that you can do uh, for disaster preparedness, besides having, you know, water and some basics, is to have built a community around you, like you said, that when shit hits the fan, you know that they are want that their goal is to take care of each other, and to take you know for you to have a, a place in that, and for them to have a place. Um, I really think that you know um, it reminds me of one of my uh, ex in laws um, was a big prepper, uh, complete city boy, right? Like total city boy, huge prepper, bought for Y2K, bought a tanker of gasoline and had water, like was sure the world was ending in 2000. And I would have these conversations with him at the time because he has a very severe chronic illness. And I would be like, what you need is uh, to make friends with a bunch of doctors. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yeah. you are not going to survive. It doesn't matter how much gas and beans you have. You have this, you have, you're going to have health issues and you need to have a community of people. And he was so sure like this fantasy for him included just like living on his own. And I was like, man, you have type two diabetes. <laughs> like that is one of your health issues. And it's going to be pretty tough to survive the apocalypse with, with that. And it's difficult because it's like, I think a lot of that fantasy comes through having complete control over your entire life and not yes. having to depend on anyone else. And so that's the really, I think the call for us all to be here is to check in a little bit better, like just where we are in the present um, and check in with yourself of like, okay, what am I actually going to need to survive in sort of a worst case scenario? Um, and then just, it, it's difficult, but you kind of have to accept it and say, you know, okay, that like at least leaves me uh, like my community needs me. I have people who need me. So how can I just yeah be prepared for whatever comes my way? You know, and I just want to before we're done, I just want to say, you know, mutual aid offers a perfect example for how you I mean, we are living in crisis times, many exactly. of us right now, yeah. living through climate change, living through housing crisis, living through extreme poverty uh, in a lot of people's situations. And uh, you you can see the model for how to dis to survive a disaster right now. And that is community. 
It is mutual aid, and it is uh, wearing your uh, you're not going to survive on beans T-shirt while you're out there. <laughs> exactly. Building that before the disaster happens. <laughs> so, all right. Well, Blake, uh, I'm excited to have you in my community. I think between the two of us, we are going to build a hell of a homestead. <laughs> I agree. I agree. There's no stopping us. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Blake. Thank you, Emma. Speaking of wildfire smoke, we've got several fires burning right now in Idaho. About an hour north of Boise, the human-caused Gold Run Fire is nearly contained by crews that have been battling it in triple-digit temperatures. And up in Lemhi County, the Hayden Fire is Idaho's largest wildfire so far and is currently 0% contained. In addition to several other Idaho wildfires, the National Weather Service is warning that wildfires in western and central Oregon will continue to bring hazy conditions to the region. all for today here on CityCast Boise. If you enjoyed the show, check out our website for online guides to the Treasure Valley. We'll be back tomorrow morning for your weekly news roundup. Bye! There's a really loud motorcycle going by outside. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Great start.